Welcome to the HIV and Adolescent Podcast. And here is your host, Chisoni Banda. Um, Susan Mwape and Susan Piri. Okay, so for, for this episode, I'll be calling, instead of me calling you Susan Piri, I'll be calling you Susie. I know, I know you by that name. And then there's Susie M. Yeah. Okay, so um, uh, starting with you, Susie P. Uh, would you please um, maybe highlight and um, tell our dear listeners where you're coming from, what you do, as well as why you do what you do? Okay. Um, like he said, Susie is my stage name. I work for Albinism Foundation of Zambia. Uh, I, I work as the secretary for the headquarter office. Apart from work, I'm a model. I also act movies and short documentary. I also um, uh, I also sing and, uh, and uh, I'm an upcoming gospel artist. Yeah, and the reason why I work for Albinism Foundation of Zambia, for me, I don't work for money. I work for passion. I have passion because uh, we, we, we are fighting. We want to break the silence for people with uh, albinism. As people with albinism, we have people look down on us. They think we are less human. So we are just we are trying. You are just trying to fight that discrimination and segregation and to make sure that people understand what is albinism, how does it come, and the challenges that people with albinism are facing. We do raise awareness on albinism. That is why I work for Albinism Foundation of Zambia, and the reason why I am an upcoming and I'm I'm a gospel artist. I'm not only a gospel artist, but in my singing, I do advocate for um, for people with albinism. I'm the kind of that person that uh, believe in inclusiveness. Like I sing gospel, I'll talk about um, like my song. It's entitled "Let God Fight for Me." If you watch the video of my song, it also speaks for people with albinism. There's a clip where it shows where where I was attacked by people because of my condition. Yeah, so that is what I do. And me being a model, I also preach, like, the reason why I'm a model, I want people out there with albinism, ladies who feel, who feel they can't do it, to have passion. They should be thinking in that corner, like, if she can be a model, I can also do it. Yeah, thank you. I think the same question also goes to Susie M. So what, uh, where are you coming from? What do you do and why do you do what you do? Okay, my name is uh, Susie Mwape, like I said. I come from Albinism Foundation of Zambia. I work there as a branch coordinator. Okay, uh, the reason I work for that organization is not because of money, no. I'm a volunteer, in fact. I work there for passion. In the past years, I've seen persons with albinism suffer, and I've also seen that the rights of persons with albinism are not being looked on. That's the more reason I joined this organization, for me to help those people, the voiceless, so to say, that their voices should be heard. Not only am I a, am I a branch coordinator, I also do modern as well. I'm a model. Um, I also do acting. Mm, I also do poetry. Um, I'm quite in a lot of things, but yeah, 
bit by bit. The reason why I'm trying to involve myself in all these things is for those people. I know persons with albinism, they do look down on themselves because of the society that we live in. It lets us do that to ourselves. So I want those persons with albinism to see that, okay, if that girl is there, I can also do it. If she can speak, I can also speak. If she can do that, I can also do this. So that's the... That's Susie. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, so, um, uh, having said that, uh, what are some of the challenges that you've seen that um, people uh, living, uh, sorry, people uh, are facing, especially people with albinism, the challenges that they are facing in terms of disseminating information on SRHR? I know at some point, even your community has been affected in one or two ways in terms of SRHR as well as mental health. So what are some of the challenges that you people have been facing when it comes to SRHR and mental health? I'll start with you, Susie M. <laughs> okay. Okay, some of the challenges that uh, we persons with albinism face, first of all, I would like to highlight that uh, we are short-sighted. Yes, so usually when we go in hospitals and all that, for us to see those writings, usually it's a challenge. And you find that the people that you find there, they, the way they talk isn't, isn't even welcoming. You'll be like, ah, so those kind of the challenges that us persons with albinism face, we face a lot of challenges, more especially in these clinics or hospitals, um, knowing that most of people like saying uh, albinism is not a disability. So the lack us, if it's us queuing up, for us, this we have to queue up over that. So, uh, we, in fact, we are facing a lot of challenges. For me to highlight them here, my colleague will continue. All right, uh, Susie P, can you also highlight on that? Okay, yeah, uh, though a lot have been said by Susie M, yeah, um, we do face a lot of challenges, okay. Um, I'm a victim of that. I had that experience when I was pregnant. There's a time I remember I went for antenate at UTH. I'm a single parent to say. I'm a mother of a son. He's four. He's standing for in November. Yeah. Um, I went for antenato. Then Vijayita and Amazina, they were calling names like, but my name was not called. So when I went there, what they did, they wrote something on a piece of paper, like names those who will be going in room two, room shan. So me, I didn't know anything what was happening. Then, and by, by then, I was, ju I was just a teenager. I was young, I was, by, I was 16. So I didn't know what was happening. Then I was seated like on a bench and everyone, were, everyone was caught, including those who, who came, uh, yes. So uh, I was surprised. Then I approached Denise, I said, ah, why is it that my name is not God? Then the way she talked to me, she was like, "Now skinny akoi, wankana na mimba, uzano zoti surangani si mkazi gani zira skinny anu na short sighti anu Facebook bwela kuno, ungakare bwanje na mimba ngatu uziwa kuti ma changes and festing ani akuru." So me, I was surprised. Like, why is she going 
outside the box when I'm here for antenatal. I was, I'm that based on that don't, do not tolerate nonsense. Like, I don't allow anyone to take advantage of me just because of my condition, just because of who, of who I am. I respect what I carry and I respect who I am. So I don't tolerate anyone speaking such. So it's more like I... I tried to explain myself because I was pregnant and my pregnant was seven. I didn't want to, to exchange word with her. What I did, mom works at UTH. I, I reported the case to mom and the case was followed up. So uh, what I've seen in, uh, in the society where we come from, People with albinism, we do face challenges. Like, like my colleague said, like when we go to the clinic, we have to queue up. When albinism, it's a disability. It is a disability because we face challenges. Here comes a situation we had COVID-19. We have COVID, let me say COVID-19 is, is real. <laughs> we are living in the world of COVID-19 now. They were light on the piece of paper, like no face mask, no entry. And the, the, that my way they'll be just the the thought that they'll use it will be very little yes for us to see so me i'll just walk in that shop without a face mask and they'll be like anyway so now on which is not inclusive so we i i prayed with few people for those of you who does not know that people with albinism we are short-sighted we are short-sighted you have to be included we we it we have to be included like make sure when you when you write something like on a piece of paper it should be something that should be, you should include us, something that we will be able to access, like, as people with albinism. Isn't the, same, the condoms that, uh, the, the, what's written on the condoms, maybe say, the way you use the condom and everything, they're all written in a very small font. How are we going to see us even if we want to use that? Maybe we don't know how to use it. We have to read. And for that, for me, just to read three words, if they're in those small fonts, I have to open my eye. And my eye, for it to open, tears will come out. So at least, uh, I think um, from this meeting, they should at least look at inclusion, not only for persons with albinism, even for the blind. How is the blind going to read that the condom, you have to do this and that? At least there has to be something like that. Or even teaching. You teach us some of these things. Yes. Um, thank you very much for that. That's so insightful. Uh, so um, away from SRHR and um, mental health, um, you've mentioned things to do with um, sight and uh, maybe since it, like, right now we are facing the challenge of hotness and everything so um and coming from an organization that deals with uh, people with albinism um do you at at some point uh provide sunscreen to people to people uh, with albinism so as to help them uh, maybe address some of these challenges that they are facing in our societies today starting with you suzy p okay um yeah, as an organization, uh, it's an NGO. Like we, we don't buy sunscreen. Like we buy it as the organization. No? we do receive sunscreen from our, from our well wishers. So what we do when we receive sunscreen, we do distribute. Like we give out to our members, and uh, we have branches in different provinces. We do travel. Like as we are going to raise awareness on albinism, we also give out sunscreen. Yes. Um, maybe uh, away from that, how accessible um, is sunscreen, especially in Zambia? And uh, is it so affordable or that 
someone maybe from Shangombo would be able to access or afford to buy that. Uh, Suzem. Okay, uh, sunscreen here in Zambia is not accessible, not affordable. Because the cheapest is about 85. Now, ask me a, a person in Shangombo, where is he going to get that 85? And that bottle only works for two weeks. You can imagine. So, uh, it's not accessible. It's not um, available. Okay. Not even affordable. All right. Uh, this is um, an HIV and adolescence workshop brought to you by Agents of Change Foundation in partnership with UNICEF, SIDES, and other cooperating partners. With me, I'm joined by Susie P, Susie, Susan Piri, as well as Susan Mwape. People, um, these are advocates coming from two different organizations that deal with challenges as well as help out people with albinism. Remember, Albinism is real, and some people, of course, would want to take advantage of that situation. So right now, talking about the issue to do with um, affording suns sunscreen, which is uh, the lotion that they use in order for them to protect their skin when, when it's very hot. And they've highlighted the fact that it's very expensive and it's very difficult for someone, maybe who is in Shangombo, someone who is in Dundumo, is to access um, such a lotion. So um, maybe starting with you, maybe with you, um, Suzanne Piri. Um, how do you think, uh, okay, uh, how do you think you can lobby for, or what ways, and can you maybe highlight on some of the ways that can, can help us in lobbying or, uh, or for affordable sunscreen, or if at all the government can provide that uh, platform where other people will just be donating or even coming up with other activities that can help us with, uh, uh, that can help your organization as well as other organizations that are dealing with people with albinism to access and uh, be able to have sunscreen. Susby. Okay. Um, the government do provide sunscreen, but the problem is that they, um, they do provide sunscreen in uh, hospitals let me say so, but the workers that are found there, because as a person with albinism, I have to go and collect sunscreen for free, but here comes the situation, I'll go and collect sunscreen, the way they'll approach me, like it, it won't be in a good manner, and I'll be offended, maybe sometimes in the VCS and as a result, we have as a result it's a sunscreen, and it helps people with albinism, but sunscreen as a result, sunscreen will expire which was two months ago, if I'm not mistaken. NHT expired, and they started giving out sunscreen without telling um, people, with people with albinism that it's expired. Like my colleague said, we are short-sighted. When I go see one, so I know my instruction, which causes trouble. Then for me, uh, Susie P, I don't use sunscreen because I don't know how my skin is. <laughs> I'm allergic, let me say so. So uh, as we are pushing, for the government to start uh, doing what is right. I would urge for people out there, it's not everyone that can provide sunscreen, like my colleague said. So um, we are in October. I would urge each and every person with albinism to take care of their skin. Because I believe in love yourself first, and people out there will love you. So what they can do is make sure when you are going out under the sun, put on something that will cover your body from direct sunburn. Uh, always put on a hat and carry an umbrella. That way you protect. It's not only sunscreen that can protect you. 
uh, that can protect your screen your skin from sunbeam no you can also protect yourself as people with albinism we don't dress for fashion but we dress for protection like kutwantochoka tuma tuma blalet for girls me i can put on a blalet but it's for summer it's for hot season me i can i cannot put on a blalet like in amboen that fashion um it's more like digging my own grave because sunburn which uh, it leads to skin cancer and skin cancer we have no cure for that we have lost a lot of members who had experienced uh, skin cancer so uh, as people with albinism also valida is valida think of your condition yeah that's me that's the voice that i'm trying to speak out right. and uh, before we go on there's also one thing that here in zambia we don't know when they say they're distributing sunscreen, they only give one type of sunscreen. But our skin is like everyone else's skin. We have different skin types. The sunscreen that will accept someone else, it won't be okay for me. That's one thing we don't know. So at least if they would give, give a platform of different types of sunscreens, whereby everyone goes and collects each, any type of sunscreen that they want, which is okay for their skin. At least that is okay. And uh, I don't know, this thing, in rural areas, people don't receive sunscreen. Even in hospitals, even when you go in hospitals, more like when you go in Mpika, here in Lusaka, here at UTH, they, they have sunscreen, but in Mpika, they don't have. Then a person will come here in Lusaka, they'll give them one bottle of sunscreen. You can imagine, you come all the way for just one bottle, which will just finish for two weeks, which is not good. I don't know if the government can do something which is okay, at least they give, because sunscreen comes in a package of, I don't know if it's 10, at least that ca a whole box of 10, they give it to one person. It's better that way. Because we are not a lot, we are just a few as persons with albinism. Yeah, and just to add on, like, on the government part, because we believe they are the stakeholder. Yeah, we live under the government rules here. But government, we are about 18 hours, everyone should be in-house. If you are found outside, you'll be arrested. You'll be arrested. Everyone will obey to their rules. So we believe they're the, st they're the stakeholders. People with albinism, we are born in Zambia. We will die in Zambia. They won't take us anywhere because it's our motherland. So I would plead with the government, like there should be more inclusiveness of people with albinism. Because we don't, we don't like, someone will be trained in school, like for 12 years and more. She goes for courage. You have a certificate, but you won't be you won't be employed. But we have to buy sunscreen. How is it going to be possible for us? So, so there should be thinking in in those corners. Like they are the voice to the voiceless. They are the government. Like looking at Albinism Foundation of Zambia, we do face a lot of cases that deals with albinism. Like here comes a case. Like I'm walking, someone says Chidangwareza. Maybe um. Like, I should sleep with a girl with albinism just to feel how they feel, which is, that's an insult to me. Then I go to the police, I report the case. They won't take it serious. They say, ah, which is not right. This is why the case is, as people with albinism, we have low self-esteem. A lot of people with albinism, they have low self-esteem because of the community where we come from. Here comes a situation, a couple, they get married, and they give birth to a child with albinism. 
for example, you and I, we get married. I have a husband and I say, for example, I'm not a person with albinism. Both of us, we don't have albinism. Thinking I have a partner, I get pregnant. Thinking my child will be getting support from the father. Then we give birth to a child with albinism. Then my husband says, no, this is not my child, which is not right. You and I, we agree to get married and to have a child. Where, do, where does that child... Why do you expect that child to get support from? So the government must look in that corner, on the corner of sunscreen and on the corner of inclusiveness of people with albinism. Um, that's so so catching and so unfortunate that such a thing is happening. So um, maybe something that I would also want to know and maybe even our dear listeners would want to know is how do people with albinism, do people with albinism come out to express themselves do we have such a, such a situation in Zambia? Okay, for me, okay, w one thing I know and one thing I've seen is it depends on where you come from, the home. The discrimination starts from the home where you come from. Me, Susie Piri, like where I come from, my family have accepted me the way I am. And they have made me believe that I can do what any other person can do. So if my family accepts me the way, they, the, the way I am, I'll be able to go out, out there, like to talk on albinism, to teach people on albinism, to come out, to participate where it's possible for me. So uh, if the discrimination starts from home, maybe my home where I'm coming from, the wakuza, ah, no, you, you are a person with albinism, you can't be a model, no, you are a person with albinism, you can't, um, you can't be an actress. I'll have that low self-esteem, I'll feel less human. Yeah, so the, the discrimination starts from home, where you come from. If my home, they have accepted me to be a person with albinism, like, believe, believe me, me, I'm a proud person. I'm proud to be a person with albinism. That is why, even out there, if someone says, Chidangareza and albino, I don't feel offended because my family, they have come to accept me and I'm, I'm able to fight back because my family, they have made me feel I'm a human being. Yeah, thank you. Okay, coming back to the question of do persons with albinism come out? No, they don't, to be honest. Because we have received a lot of cases, rape cases, and all other these abusive cases. Persons with albinism, they don't come out due to the fear of they'll be laughed at because of their condition. Yes. That's so unfortunate. And uh, maybe coming back to the workshop, um, so far from what has been happening, um, what do you think can be done in order for them to, to enhance advocacy, especially on the key population that, uh, especially where you're coming from? Uh, what do you think can be done in order for them just to enhance the advocacy? Because some of these challenges that you've brought in, and it's so unfortunate that even me, this is when I'm learning about them. So how, like, from the workshop, what do you think can be done in order for us to enhance advocacy um, on these, some of these challenges that you've uh, highlighted? Okay, as for me, the main thing I can say is inclusiveness. Include us. That's the main thing. When we are making these documents, when you're making uh, decisions, you include us. That's the only main thing that will solve all these challenges that we are facing. Yeah, and I believe a lot of people are with urbanism out there, they like this information that you have, you have shared to us. Like, yeah, the information that I've gotten from the workshop, I'll go and share it to where I'm coming from, the organization of my family. But I won't be able to share it like from people who are in, 
in Livingstone, in Chibata. So, like you said, uh, I believe your organization, you don't only share this information in Lusaka, you do travel. So, I'm pleading with you, as you are traveling, make sure you include a lot of people with albinism, because a lot of people with albinism, they have low self-esteem, low self-esteem. And if you include them in such workshop, which will build them up, like, yeah. Thank you very much for that. Uh, so this is an HIV uh, and adolescence workshop brought to you by Agents of Change Foundation Zambia with support and partnership with UNICEF, CIDAS, as well as UNESCO. So um, maybe before we conclude um, with this episode, uh, do you have anything that you'd want to share with our listeners? Uh, starting with you, Suzy B. Okay. Um <laughs> me, I'm too talkative. So I'll, <laughs> if you give me the stage, I'll just speak in tonight. So um, uh, the message that I would love to share with you, you uh, listeners out there, is that you are you you are you are our brother skipper, our sister skipper. Yeah, you may not have a relative with albinism but you can help a neighbor out there with this little information that you have gotten from us like uh, sharing is caring like they say so the little that you've understood if you share it with a neighbor out there um it's not every every family that have an elite with albinism they have information about albinism so if you <laughs> If you, if, if, okay, it depends on the passion, how you feel, if you're interested in these cases, like I can't say, you go and do this, you go and do that, it's, it's, it has to start with you. So I'm pleading with you this information that you have heard here, you should go and share it. And for people with albinism, if you're listening to this, I would encourage you to believe in yourself. Believe in yourself, love yourself first, and people out there will love you. Thank you. Um, I'm also talking to persons with albinism out there because I know a lot of persons with albinism like yesterday we learned about GBV a lot of persons with albinism are passing through that I would encourage them to go and speak out because the police says it's open to everyone so if it's open to everyone let those people go out and open up we also learned about HIV, um, rape, because um, a lot of persons with albinism are being raped. Yes, due to the fact, like she said, that one day that girl will be raped. And when you take, the, we've taken a lot of people to the hospital and you find out that they are HIV, they don't know about it. The end result is uh, suicide and all these kind of things which is not good. At least go out there, speak out. If you hear, uh, if you people are neighbors, you've seen persons with albinism going in an abusive house, please report this uh, GBV that's happening in houses. Yeah, and um, for people with albinism and those who would, I know people out there have questions on albinism. Yeah, you can, you can come through uh, uh, to our office, me, Okay, you can follow me on my Facebook page, Susie M. Piri, that's my Facebook page. And you can contact me on 0876-413314. Only if you want to know about albinism, what it is and how it comes. Thank you. All right. um, 
mentioned something that is so critical, the aspect that has to do with mental health. And I think people with albinism haven't been spared, especially cases that has to do with GBV. So as an, an organization where you're coming from, what are you doing to advocate for better uh, mental health services? Okay, like last year we've been trying to work with the... Uh, victim support unit. Yes, victim support unit. That's the uh, unit that we are, we are working with. We are trying by all means to see that uh, all these cases are being fought. Yes. Okay, so thank you very much. Um, and uh, before we go, <laughs> sorry. so uh, Susie P, you've been an artist as well as Susie M. Can you tell us where we can find your music so that even as the people who will be listening to our podcast will be able to say, okay, this is the person who we're uh, listening to on the, the HIV and adolescence uh, podcast episode. Let our musician talk first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Okay, where you can find my music? Um, <laughs> okay, I'm busy with work, so I've only done one audio. I've only done two audio, one video. So I'm working on my uh, my next song, and it, where you can find my song, it's on uh, at Rhythm TV. It's an online TV station. Uh, it's on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as for me, you can find my poetry on Instagram. Okay. Yes, that's Susie M. Mwape. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and these other things you can find them on Rhythm TV on Facebook only. Okay. Yes. So remember to find Susie M. and Susie P. on Rhythm TV, and of course follow and like Susie M. on Instagram, um, and share the poetry as well as listen listen to the poetry. Well, this has been Chisoni Banda on. Um, today's episode that's uh, at the HIV and Adolescence Workshop uh, Zambian Hub. So this show was brought to you by Agents of Change Foundation with support from UNICEF and CIDAS Zambia. For now, join me later on. It's a bye.